Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, today we have got a wonderful guest. Her name is Mary Welp, and I'm going to spell that W-E-L-P. And Mary has a background in hypnotherapy. And I did a review of her website and all the information about her when I was considering having Mary as a guest and was very, very attracted and intrigued by what is on her website. Because I'm in psychotherapy, I do psychotherapy and I deal with a lot of uh, anxiety issues. I deal with a lot of trauma. I could see right off the bat where what Mary has to offer is going to really zero in on that and help all of us, not just people that are in psychotherapy, but I could use that. I was just sharing with her before the podcast started that, you know, I feel like sometimes I could cut glass with the the muscles in the back of my shoulders here. So we could definitely all benefit from what Mary has to offer. Mary is the creator and teacher of RISE Meditation, and I'm going to let her explain that here in just a few minutes of what that means, that acronym. She is a certified hypnotherapist specializing in hypnotic meditation. She has 20 years experience as a practitioner in craniosacral therapy and 14 years as a certified hypnotherapist. Mary, welcome to Phoenix and Flame. Thank you, Dana. I am so happy to be here. I really appreciate your invitation. This is so exciting. I can just really see where what you're going to have to say is going to fit right in with my audience, and they're just going to be riveted to what you have to say. So start us off with a little, uh, some explanation about what you do and whatever you feel like sharing about your background and, and what RISE means and all of that. Sure. Well, I was in private practice for 20 years, working with people one-on-one. I started with body work, doing acupressure and visceral manipulation and all the, you know, working in the body and with trauma and energy stored in our body that was needed to be released. And what my clients were telling me when they would walk in the door, they would know exactly what it was they wanted to target. I have anger towards my sister. I have a boundary issue. I have a habit I need to get rid of. I have a fear that I'm tired of dealing with. And so my clients really taught me how to do this therapy. So I started marrying body work and hypnotherapy together. When the pandemic happened, my office closed. And so the one-on-one work stopped for me. And I started to think about how I could get this therapy out into the world. I saw that my clients were taking this work and using it for a multitude of things. They would come and tell me, okay, I've got my sleep is better. I've I've got a handle on that. Now I need to work on, on something else. You know, I'm getting ready to do a performance and I don't usually speak in front of people. So I need some confidence and I need help with that. So they were starting to use this work and this self-hypnosis meditation process in a lot of different ways. So I've seen how, how expansive it is and how you can address so many different things with it. And 
the meditation part is we get all the benefits that we get out of meditation. You know, the physical benefits, the psychological benefits. It uh, reduces our blood pressure. It helps our immune system. It uh, helps regulate chemical function. It makes us more compassionate. It, I could go on and on about all the benefits of meditation. And it's really because it's set up as a ritual and a regular practice. You know, usually if you're a meditator, you take at least 15 or 20 minutes a day. Maybe that's broken up and you do it twice a day. And you sit and your body and your mind get used to this practice. So when you sit in the same place and you, you get ready, your body and your mind is, okay, we're going to go do our work. And so that's where the meditation comes in. The self-hypnosis part is uh, the four steps. So RISE is an acronym. And the four steps is a self-hypnosis process so we can go in past that critical mind that tells us, no, we can't do this, or no, I've always done it this way, I can't do it any differently. Yeah. And it allows us to go into the subconscious where really all the fuel is that is forming our decisions and our actions. Hmm. I really like that. You know, as you were talking, a couple things came to my mind. One is one of the things I love about meditation and also mindfulness, which is they, they're kind of, they're kind of intertwined yeah. is, is the lack of judgment because, you know, you were talking about the self-critical part of us. And I think so many of us, we will review our behavior, but it's with judgment. It was with so much self-blame and shame that we can't seem to get past that. And so that's one of the things that I love about being mindful and, and being meditative is we are observing and accepting of what's going on in our mind and in our body without any kind of judgment words. We're not saying anything's right or wrong, good or bad. We're just feeling it. We're just acknowledging it and letting it happen. And that sounds like a lot of what you're talking about. Yeah, you, you may know this story, Dana, but there's, there's a, a story about a father and a son, and they're standing on the bank of a dirty river. And the son asks his father, Dad, is this river polluted? And he says, no, the river is pure. It's just carrying pollutants. And if we could look at our thoughts as those pollutants going down the river instead of being the attachment that we are pure, but our thoughts and, and what goes through our mind is the layers of our trying to be safe and our brain trying to keep us contained and safe. And But that river is just full of our imprints that we've gathered over a lifetime, our beliefs, our habits, our fears, you know, all the things that make us human. And we don't have to attach to those things. And the other thing that I love about RISE is it gives you an opportunity to clean out your river, to look at some of those thoughts and say, okay, I'm really tired of this way of thinking. I'm picking this out of the river and I'm going to go bury it over here, you know, or I'm going to, whatever, I'm going to burn it. I love your analogy with the ash and I'm going to burn it or whatever way suits you to kind of move that energy into something that's more productive. Oh, wow. 
That is absolutely spot on. I Sometimes I'll have a patient that will have a behavior pattern, a dysfunctional behavior pattern that they've had a really long time to the point where they have no memory of not having it. And I will share with them, I'll say, you know, there was a time when you were a toddler and you were not doing this. You know, these pollutants weren't in the river at that point mm-hmm. and they got added later. And that is mm-hmm. so helpful because then that allows a person to kind of externalize the dysfunctional behavior patterns and see them. This is not who I am. The, right. These are things that have attached to me throughout the years because like you yeah. said, sometimes we are in situations where we feel unsafe and we develop mm-hmm. coping mechanisms and some of them are dysfunctional, mm-hmm. but we're still, we're just trying to protect ourselves Absolutely. That's the brain's number one job is to keep us safe. Our brain doesn't care if we're happy and we're fulfilled or we have purpose. That's not our brain's job. Our brain's job is to keep us safe. And if you've ever been in a situation or experienced deep trauma, the capital T, where you have not felt safe, sometimes that in itself is a big challenge. Yes, 100%. And reflecting back on something you said a few minutes ago about the meditation and being able to sit for 20 minutes, you know, I think a lot of people that I've talked to, that idea sounds very daunting to them for two Mm -hmm. reasons. One, sometimes their brains are just, they're having racing thoughts, they're scattered, they possibly have ADHD, they don't really, they can't comprehend how they could sit still for that period of time. But the other thing, too, is I've talked to people that they are basically in a frenetic mode trying to escape and avoid their own feelings and their own thoughts. There's things going on in their life, whether it's their own behavior patterns or relationships that they're in. That's usually what's going on, the relationships. And they have this accumulation of all of these thoughts and feelings that they don't want to feel and they don't want to face. And so they just keep going at like 75, 85 miles an hour. But when they have to stop and there's nothing to distract them, they kind of freak out because then there's all their thoughts and feelings waiting for them. So I'm sure there's going to be people in my audience is going to really want to hear from you how, how to do that. Well, and I think that's why we need tools. You know, and there are there are several rises one, but there are others as well. And we need these tools. I'll give you an example for myself. I was in a restaurant and got triggered. Somebody said something and I was going to disrupt the whole restaurant. <laughs> I went to the bathroom. I sat in the stall and I did my rise. It took me two or three minutes to kind of regroup and recenter myself. And then I could go back out and have and finish the evening and be a civil person and get through it. And, you know, I had a right to my feelings. I wasn't, you know, burying those feelings or uh, dis-evaluating those feelings, but it wasn't appropriate. It wasn't an appropriate time. It wasn't an appropriate place. And I think some of the shame and guilt I've had in the past has been, you know, letting letting that get away from me. Mm -hmm. And so I think having some, being able to look as our thoughts as that river and not being in the river. Yes. I think that helps because then we can we can shift those thoughts again. And shift and change is, you know, we we need to be flexible. You know, this life is all about flexibility now. That is the truth. That is absolutely the truth. We, we can't be stuck anymore. Yeah. There's a I'm trying to think of a quote as you just said that something came to my mind. It's a quote actually from Charles Darwin. Now see if I can get it. I'm probably not going to get it perfectly, but it says something like this. 
It is not the strongest that will survive, nor the most intelligent. It will be those most responsive to change. Yeah. And I think that is, that's true. It's those who can change and who can adapt and, and, you know, be willing, like you said earlier, to see something from a different vantage point to, to create a new coping strategy. And something you said about being triggered something that I've taught my patients is that our feelings are pearls and we need to honor them. And we have to vet people to make sure they're safe for us to share our feelings with it. Just not any old person gets the right to hear our feelings. And so when you're in a situation Uh like that and you get triggered, then you may not be in a place where you feel like the the people that you're with are deserving for whatever reason to Uh hear your feelings. And so when, if, if you can continue to teach us about rise and how to do this, then it will help my audience and myself as well, you know, in situations like that, where we've got to get a grip on things because these, I'm not in a situation where I can just go out there and just share everything with people. Cause it's just like you said, not the right situation, not the right people. Right. Right. Love that. So rise is an acronym. I wanted to make it very simple. So when you sit down and you close your eyes or you look through a soft gaze, you don't have to look at a piece of paper. You don't have to study something up that you always have rise within you and you can do it at any time in any place. So R stands for relax and you want to do a progressive relaxation and take deep breaths. So you're really focusing your attention inward. Sometimes what helps is to notice the sounds around you and then let them go. And then focus inwards, drop down inward. Um, I used to have this idea about meditation that you wanted to go out of body, out into the heavens somewhere, and all your answers were up there, and you pull them down. And body work told me, no, this is it, it's all inside of us. It's in our DNA. It's in our cells. It's in our body. So relax, and R is all about turning inward and relaxing. And you want to spend a few moments taking breaths into those places of your body where you hold a lot of stress or tension. Um, It's really good to do the whole body, um, even to imagine warm energy moving up through your body and relaxing different parts of your body. There's several different ways to do it. Yeah, and that's something, let me pause for just a moment. I apologize for interrupting you because sometimes people have a hard time understanding, you know, like you said, breathe into those parts of your body that hold stress. I can imagine there might be some people out there that are more like logical minded or analytical minded, and they might have a difficult time understanding how you do that. And then you started giving some visuals like visualize this, or do you have any sort of tips or techniques to help people that their brains think like that? Yeah, I like visualization. And, and, or even if it's an, an area of your body, say you have an upset stomach or your gut's bothering you. You don't know if it's your stomach or your liver or your gallbladder or your colon. You're not really sure. Just your gut's bothering you. Yeah. So let your consciousness go to that area of your body. Just think about that part of your body and breathe into it. It also, when you focus your mind it helps eliminate all those extra thoughts all over the place. You know, you're giving your mind a job to do. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I like about Rise is you have a program here. You've got, you're, you've got a job to do. So you, you're giving your body one task or your mind one task at a time. So the first one is to relax. 
and and you give it as much time as you can to do that. And then the second step is imagine. So you want to imagine a very safe and a happy place for you. Mm. So I love to use nature out in the woods or a beach. Uh, many people have a favorite place that they went to as a child. Um, sometimes you'll go back to that place, but somewhere that you can really bring alive all of your senses in that area. So you want to think about, if you're going to go to the beach, for example, you want to think about the sand between your toes and how the sand is warm on the top. And when you dig your toes down, it gets cooler. You want to really smell that salty sea air. You want to feel the sun on your face and your skin. Mm -hmm. Maybe feel a breeze. Maybe hear some seabirds squawking. Hear that water roll in and pull out. You know, give yourself a few moments to really bring all the details alive. And that's how you kind of get into the subconscious and knock that conscious mind that tells us we're not doing anything off, is by going inward to a safe place and really bringing it alive. Okay? So S stands for suggest. And this is where you do your work. This is where you're going to move the energy that you want to move. You can do it. There's no limit to how you can do this. I'll give you some examples. But you can imagine your block or your challenge as something physical. For example, if you're dealing with anger and you'd like to lessen your anger, imagine your anger as a red hot ball of fire. And then imagine yourself taking that and putting it into the ocean that you've just set your body in, you know, that place at the beach. And watch it turn blue and watch steam rise up from the water and watch that dissolve. And what you're really doing is you're giving that intention energy. You are, you are telling that energy what to shift and how to shift it. And the way we learn is through story. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how we, we've always learned. That's what we carry with us is our stories. Yeah. So when you make a story up, um, about your challenge like that, like making it a physical thing, um, it really helps to move it. Another way you can do suggest is through affirmation. You know, sometimes we don't have that best friend around and maybe our child self needs to hear something that's comforting, you know, that I'm trying my best, I've done my best I can today, or, you know, whatever, I really do love myself, even though nobody else seems to be very happy with me right now, you know, whatever... We need to hear. That's also a good time. You can also think about an imprint or a time when you first picked something up. You may not know when it was, but you may know when it was. And if you can, go back to that original imprint or the original programming and shift it. So when you say pick something up, you mean pick something negative up, like a, like a yes. belief about yes. yourself or something? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if Maybe um, a, a, a person of authority was unkind to you when you were young and you're still hanging on to that. Um, if it's a possibility, shift it and don't, real, don't think of it as something that you did, but it was more their issue. You know, there's ways you can kind of shift the programming to look at it in a bigger light. Because when we're children, we see things as very black and white. Mm -hmm. And as we become adults, 
we start to look at people and say, okay, they've had a full rich life. What's happened in their life? You know, you see an angry person in the grocery store and you wonder what, what happened to them? You know what? We all have these stories and these histories that we don't share very much with each other. Mm -hmm. But I think it also gives us an opportunity to have some compassion for that in ourselves and for other people. Well, and you know, to that point, lots of times, of course, I'm bringing up boundaries because I, I feel like I bring that yeah. up every every single podcast. And, you know, I do a lot of educating and teaching in my patients that, you know, what is someone else's thoughts, what their experience is, what their feelings are, what their background is. We didn't cause that. We didn't, we can't mm -hmm. control that, nor can we cure that. And that is in right. their yard. Those aren't our monkeys. That's not our circus which, which right. is very helpful. But here's, here's my issue too, though, is sometimes we have internalized that belief and it no longer is in the other person's yard. It's now in our yard because somewhere along the way we owned it. We, owned it. we decided that that was right. So it's, it right. ceased to become something that somebody flung at us and it starts and it, it becomes something that is us. So how yeah. do you get that that separation when you feel, when you're doing the S part, you know, when you're doing the suggest part, when, when you like, for example, someone who has, um, really negative body, like their body image, I run into that. And that sometimes feels like it's almost intractable where they, they yeah. view themselves, they view their bodies in a very negative way. And it's almost feels like nothing you or anybody says about it is going to change their mind. And it's very frustrating. It is. Well, first, they have to want it. Mm. You know, if they don't want to change, they don't want to change. Yeah. But if they want change, then there's, again, a lot of ways, because there's also things that we know and we don't know, you know, why we know some of our imprints and patterns and then others we don't know. We, we just, it's part of who we are. But once we recognize them or even in, in not naming them, one scenario I do with suggest is I'll have someone go to that beach and look at all of the obstacles to their healthy health, having a healthy body as black rocks on the, on the beach okay. and go in to pick up each one of those black rocks and throw them into the water and let the water heal them. They don't have to name what the black rock is. They don't have to give an identity to it. They may know what some of those things are, and that's great. Say, okay, I'm letting go of this habit that I've been doing. But just setting that intention and moving the energy in this deeply relaxed state shifts things. It's like then we it kind of lets go of that habit. And all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You know, nobody hypnotizes you unless you want to be hypnotized. So you're allowing. It's all self-hypnosis. You are allowing because it's what you want. Okay. So this is kind of going into that deep subconscious pool and pulling out those things that make you maybe have this habit or pattern that isn't healthy that you're ready to shift. So I have them pull these black rocks. Some of them get really big sometimes. Sometimes you have to get a bulldozer <laughs> out and get them into the water. You use whatever means you need. There's no rules. And you just get them into the water. And I am quiet then and give them their time. It, sometimes it takes five or ten minutes to get all those rocks into the water. 
but then have them, when they're ready, go back and look at the other side of the beach and see all of the new habits that they would like to have in their life. Mm. The healthy eating they would like to have. Maybe a different dress size they'd like to be. You know, all of those, the way they're going to feel, the way other people are going to treat them differently and how they're going to act differently. Mm. And then you kind of recognize how that little... Um, what you've done is going to have that ripple effect. And that's where E comes in and empower. So you want to stand there on that beach then in the superhero pose with your fists on your hips and standing very tall and straight and feel your power. Feel what you just did. Feel proud of yourself. Feel like you are taking on responsibility for yourself and you're going to make your life better. You're going to be able to start living that life that you really want to create because you are consciously moving with intention that energy that no longer serves you. And again, we don't always know what those energies are. And I'm a body worker, so I use the word energy a lot because I feel energy in people. But other people, you know, probably feel that in different ways. But that's the word that I use for it. Yeah. But that empower is a very important step, that last one as well, too, um, because you'll be tested. You know, whenever mm. you decide to change something in your life, the universe tests you and said, OK, are you really ready to stop doing that? Mm -hmm. So you really want to increase that power feeling that you have because it's personal power that allows change to happen. If we don't feel powerful, we don't change. That's a very good point. I'm wondering if, if you can think of maybe one or two examples of the patients that you've worked with throughout the years, you know, your different clients of, because I know I do a lot of inner child work with my patients and, and we get in touch with their inner child and what the inner child needs and providing that need through visual imagery. I'm a huge fan of visual imagery. You know, what I mm -hmm. tell, what I tell my patients, if you can imagine it, it can be so. And there's so, there's so yes. much research that backs right. up visual imagery, the impact of it and the potency of it, because we can't necessarily physically do a lot of stuff. I mean, I can't just snap my fingers and be at a beach. I can't be at a beach and find black rocks, all the, but we can do anything in our mind. With our mind. And as I deal with my, my patients, I never cease to be just in awe of their mind's creativity and this, the ways they're able to meet the needs of that inner child. So I was kind of wondering from your experience, what are one or two really interesting creative ways that your clients have empowered themselves visually like that, that you, that's kind of stuck with you over the years? Well, one, since we were talking about the black rocks, was one of the black rocks was very large, and this gentleman had to get equipment out and get it into the water. It took him some time to get it in the water. When he did, it turned into a serpent and swam off into the water. Interesting. But he had a huge physical release after that. He had a huge breath, you know, that cleansing breath. And he just, his face was lighter afterwards. You know, you could tell something, a burden had been lifted from him and swam off into the ocean. That is fabulous. I was guiding people one day to the, to of the woods and, and to path through the woods. And one woman at the end of it said, I ended up at my grandmother's house in her attic because that's where I loved to go as a child. So I ended up doing my work in the attic. So the whole time I'm talking about the woods and the leaves and the trees and all that, <laughs> it was okay but she was there, you know, smelling her grandmother's attic and looking at the trunks and, 
you know, remembering what it was like as a child to be in that safe space. And she did her work there. Oh. So, you know, our minds, our subconscious will take us where we need to go and peel off the layer that needs to be peeled off, even if it's not the one that we're expecting. Oh, that man, Mary, that is 100% what I've experienced with my patients. And I tell them before we start inner child work, I say, now, listen, you may think you know where your mind is going to take you. You may be right or you may not be right. I said, so the point is just keep your mind open. Just give your mind permission to go wherever it needs to go and wherever that is, even if it's nowhere, that's just your mind right. telling you not today. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, so there's no pressure. Right. There's something I noticed yeah. too, in addition to that relief, I noticed two things. One is it's not uncommon at all for a patient once they get to that point, you know, where they're going to the suggestion, they're, they're empowering, that tears start to roll out of their eyes. It's like they're they're releasing something and the tears just kind of naturally just start falling. I can see it because I'm watching them. I'm watching them to make sure their body stays calm, you know, because we want to keep them out of that mm -hmm. fight or flight. So I'm watching them yep. and, and if I need to step in, I can, you know, but I rarely, rarely need to. But I'm watching their face. I'm watching their chest and their abdomen and everything, make sure they're calm. And almost every time you can start seeing those tears start coming down out of their eyes. And then they'll say later that, after they have a session that they feel rather kind of fatigued that they, the rest of the day, they kind of need to maybe take a nap. And so I tell them, don't schedule one of these sessions early in the day and think you're going to leave here and go to work. I said, no, because your body is really releasing stuff. And that takes energy to do that. It does. It does. And you want to also give it an opportunity to, to reboot in a healthy way and not take back on what you've just worked so hard to let go of you know, to really live in that space of lightness that you feel at the end of the session. Yeah, because it's going to feel odd because they're not used to feeling that. It does. And you do, again, you get tested. The universe, it works that way. It's not, it, it tests you. But that's where the resolve comes in of, you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. So I'm looking down at some of the, the questions and so if someone's interested, they're listening to you explain all of this. So if they were going to, mm -hmm. if they were going to just say, you know what, I think I might could benefit from that. I, I don't have a person that I can go see, but you know, Mary says I can all all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And, you know, I don't yet, I, maybe I ordered her book or whatever, but, and we'll talk about that later, by the way. But, um, you know, I, it's not come yet. And I really would just like to go do this on my own today, this evening, what would you recommend for them? What would you suggest to them if you were standing right there next to them? Go do it. Go find a quiet space. Relax your body. Breathe into it. Think, you know, go start at the top of your head and work down to the bottom of your toes. Make sure everything's loose, limp, and relaxed. Imagine somewhere beautiful and peaceful that you are alone at. Mm -hmm. You can also envision a spirit room, they call them, or just somewhere that you go in your mind whenever you do this practice. So you create this beautiful room with the perfect furniture. And then you look at your issue. You look at what you're ready to shift. And, and sometimes you, you don't have an issue that day. You know, you're, you're not, I'm tired. I don't want to work on anything. You know, it can also just be having a deep feeling of peace and relaxation and asking for that. And just letting. And imagining that 
and then feeling it, giving yourself permission to feel that because we're so busy all the time. We're not even in our bodies a lot of the time. You know, we're not in our bodies enough to relax and to let down and to let go. And our bodies thrive on that, that state. They crave that nervous system reboot. And it doesn't take that long for it to happen. Even if you just, I mean, you know, some people that power nap and take 10 minute naps, it's the same kind of thing, only they're not working on an issue, but it's really, it doesn't take that long to give your body that sense of rebirth. See, I really love the way you said it doesn't take that long because I think some people have this idea that they have to carve out like half an hour and they're so busy running around coming home from work and they got multiple children and they've got to get supper going and they got errands to run and their husbands or wives pulling and tugging at them, the kids pulling and tugging at them, practices to go to, kids to get in the bath. They can't even fathom the idea. To them, that would be like heaven, having like 30 minutes alone, you know, so knowing that you don't have to have 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just a few. Well, and the way that I've really been using Rise ritualistically lately is at bedtime. When I go to bed, um, I just recommend that people don't do it in the position that they sleep in. So I'm a side sleeper. So I will get in bed on my back and I will relax my body, take a few breaths, just be in my bed, feel myself in my bed, go to somewhere beautiful in my mind, review the day. You know, sometimes the things that didn't go so well where I didn't meet up to my expectations of myself, I let that go, say, okay, tomorrow's another day. And the things that went well and that I'm really proud of, I pat myself on the back and say, good job, keep at it. That's, this is what we want. This is, you're happy, you're feeling good doing this, so keep doing it. And, and that doesn't take, but what did that take you, a minute, 45 <laughs> seconds, you know, it doesn't, and, and it makes a difference. It makes a difference um, in your spirit and your soul, you know, and it also gives you that self-compassion and that self-care in a very simple way. And you're right. Sometimes when life is really hard, sometimes all we can do is think about our favorite flavor of ice cream. You know, we can't think of something good. We can't reach something happy or good in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, but something small even sometimes, you know, your favorite dress. Um, a beautiful flower and what the flower looks like in really detail. If you put it under a microscope, how that would look, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be big and complicated. It can be very simple and, and have a great deal of benefit. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think the more we practice something simplistically like that, maybe when we don't have a particular issue, the more we practice it and our mind and our body gets used to it and we develop a comfort level with doing it. And we have that room that we've created. We've taken the time to just leisurely create that special room we want to go to or that special place. And we we build it up exactly the way we want to. And we go there every time so that when we're, there is an issue, we're already very comfortable doing the whole process. So then putting the issue in there is so much easier to do that because we're comfortable mm-hmm. with all the rest of it. And yeah. I really like what you said about self-care this is so important. We spend so much of our time and I, I don't want to say necessarily this is more toward women than men, because I think it's just different. I think men may be in their jobs. 
they're, they might have to, mm-hmm. women too, but I, I'm thinking like the, the traditional stereotypical type roles, mm-hmm. which fortunately aren't, they're not as, you know, traditional as they used to be. I think that's a good Probably. thing, yeah. but you'll have, if someone's at work, then they're viewing their time at work as earning money to pay bills, to support, to care for those around them. You know, then you might have someone who's actually physically giving the baths or physically making the food or washing the dishes or doing the laundry or running the vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. So much time and energy put into those around them that the self-care just gets lost. But, you know, I've got, I don't know how many times I've said to my patients, I look at them and I hold up one finger and I said, there's one person on this planet who has been given the responsibility of keeping you together. Just one. And it's you. It's nobody else's responsibility to do that. And if you keep your wheels on, then you will be further able to care and love for those around you. But if you let your wheels fall off. Then everybody's falling. Exactly. How how much are you going to be helping everybody then? The whole pyramid falls. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This has been fantastic. Well, before we wrap up, is there any last comments or questions or examples or ideas or anything that is flowing around your mind that you would like to put out there? Well, the only thing it's, it's been in my mind here lately, and it's, it's a, a phrase that I like. It's the reminder that tension is who we think we should be mm. and relaxation is who we are. I love that. Tension. So when you feel yourself being very tense and your shoulders tight and your jaw tight you know, think about who you, who are you trying to impress or who are you, you know, who are you being and take a few breaths and relax. And remember, that's who you really are. That is amazing. Did, did you, did you word that? Or is that a, is that a quote you came across? Um, I think it's a quote I came across, but I've been using it for years and I've used it for so long. I couldn't tell okay. you where I got it, but um, I'm really, it might've even been something I read in a book. I read quite a bit of Carolyn Mace's work. I think I might've got picked it up from her. The reason why I'm asking you, I have a dry erase board in my uh, waiting room. And I, when I mm-hmm. run across quotes that I think are just fantastic, I put them out there and I change them out about every other week. And that's going on the dry yeah. erase board. Tension uh, is who we think you. we should be. That's amazing. Now, okay, so I want to put out there that your, now correct me if I'm wrong, but your website is risehypnoticmeditation.com. Okay. Correct. And I've been to your website and it is fantastic. And for those, for those of you listening, there's like this audio piece where you can just listen to Mary talk. And I'm telling you right now. She just about put you under just listening to the words. It's just uh, her voice is so calming and you're just following the imagery and it was just so soothing. And then there's a video on there as well. So the the website is just really, really worth, worth your time to go and visit and peruse around. Now your book, it's called Rise mm-hmm. Hypnotic Meditation. Same name. Okay. Yep. yep. And it's on Amazon. Amazon. Okay. All right. You can get it there. And it really has the whole system. It explains why it works, how it works, what you can use it for, or an introduction to that. It describes the four pros- the four steps in the process. And then in the back, it also has some example um, meditations just as springboards. So there's 
rise for self-esteem, rise for surgery, rise for bad habits, rise for smoking, for health problems, for phone use, for weight loss, for test taking. There's 25 or 30 different suggestions of how to use rise. Um, so it gives you that four parts in, in a suggested mode, really as a springboard, because I'm really hoping this will be a tool that people will have that they can use on their own at any time. I also teach it. It's a three-hour workshop. So we spend the first half talking about the science of it and how it works and why it works. And then the second half is practicing it so that by the end of the three hours, you leave knowing that you have an individualized practice that you can do and that you'll, you feel comfortable awesome. with. And so I travel and teach that. I love to travel. So if anybody out there um, has a group and is interested in a workshop, uh, please reach out. Oh my out. gosh, definitely. That sounds like a no-brainer right there. I mean, that would be fabulous. So definitely the book, get the book. And Mary, I appreciate your, you taking your time and all the energy you put into this podcast to really help my audience understand what RISE means and why it's important and how they can do it and how it can make a difference in their lives. And I, I just appreciate that so much. Oh, thank you, Dana. I really appreciate the invitation. It's been fun. So listeners out there, if you have heard anything today, and I know you have, that has that has touched a chord, that has been meaningful to you in any kind of way, has given you any kind of information that you just really want to take a hold of and use, please share it on your favorite social media sites. Also, you know, send emails, send texts, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your family, just get it out there so we can build our Phoenix and Flame community and really help one another to connect and get healthier. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. This is Dana Skagg, Phoenix and Flame.